Good afternoon, if we've not met before. My name is Pete. Together, my wife B, we lead the church here. So, massive welcome. I, I want to start. This is Vision Sunday. So, I want to set the tone by saying it is an absolute joy. And B and I count it as one of the great privileges of our lives that we get to lead this amazing church family. We love this church to bits. And being a part of this family, well, that would be a joy. But the opportunity to bring leadership to it, it is an absolute privilege. So I want to start by saying we love this family. Thank you for allowing us to be part of it and allowing us to bring leadership to it. I'm super pumped. This is all in Sunday. It's an opportunity for us to cast some vision, to name the season that we're in. And and part of the, the idea for an all in Sunday is to cast a vision for an all in spirituality. This is a spirituality you see in the early church. Um, A spirituality not marked out by half-hearted devotion or devoted on Sundays, but throughout the rest of the week, not so much. But a a kind of marked out by all-in devotion, wholehearted devotion to Jesus, undivided devotion to Jesus. So we want to invite people towards an all-in spirituality. And this is our vision. It's to serve God's purpose to make all things new which is a summary of the grand narrative of Scripture. That's what the story is all about. God on a mission to make all things new. And this is a simple summary of the the grand narrative of Scripture. It starts with creation. This is Genesis 1 and 2. A vision for human flourishing, of communing with God, walking and talking with God. But if you know the story, Genesis 3, sin enters the story and created order begins to unravel. We call that decreation. And really from Genesis 12 onwards, the story is about the redemption of all things, the renewal of all things, the recreation of all things. And this is how the story ends. If you've read the the final two chapters of the, the story, you'll know Revelation 21, Revelation 22, that basically you have a vision of heaven and earth being reconciled, God and humanity being reconciled. This is because of the work of Jesus, his life, his death, His resurrection, the outpouring of His Spirit, bringing renewal to all things. And we await His return. And when He returns, He's going to finish what He started. So in Revelation 21 and 22, you get a picture of that, right? So the Apostle John, who's writing down this vision, he has a vision of God sitting down on His throne. And he declares these words, Behold, I'm making all things... There we go. Tough crowd, but new. We got there. Um, In the Greek language of the New Testament, you've got two words for new. You've got neos, which means brand new. And you've got kainos, which is something old that's made new. It's restored to its former glory. And in this vision of Revelation 21, 22, God sits down on his throne. And the Apostle John's writing this down. He says, these are the words of God. Behold, I'm making all things kainos. I'm restoring everything to how it was in the beginning in Eden, where there was no sin, no sickness, no suffering, humanity fully alive in relationship with God. And then the Apostle John continues to write as he sees this unfold. And he says, look, when God sits down, suddenly there's no death and there's no grief and there's no crying and there's no pain. The former things, in other words, decreation, that's passing away. Everything is being restored. This is the story that we belong to, which means in the kingdom story, moments of wilderness, 
moments of chaos, moments of disruption, they aren't to be feared. Those moments aren't the end of the story. They're not a full stop. In the kingdom story, they're just a comma. When you come to a wilderness moment in the scriptures, you know that new life's about to break out, right? You could summarise the narrative like this. It starts in a garden, that's Eden. Adam and Eve are thrown out of the garden into the wilderness. And, and the rest of the stories is a movement towards the final two chapters, which ends in a garden city, the new Jerusalem, right? Wilderness moments aren't to be feared. When God leads the church to a wilderness moment, More often than not, in that wilderness space, a desperation emerges. The church is drawn to its knees in desperation, yes. But two, whilst it's on its knees, it starts praying for rain to fall. And when the rains begin to fall, the wilderness is transformed into a place of abundance. Now, the reason I tell you this is our story as a church It begins 13 plus years ago. And I want to give you a little um, picture of what King's Cross looked like um, around that time. There was a train station. It was known for the train station. And the land behind the train station was a wilderness. Now, if you've walked around King's Cross at any time recently, you're like, wow, Granary Square and the sort of like the water fountains and cold drop yard. It was so cool. And Dishoom, I love Dishoom. The breakfast is killer. And, and all of this kind of life, people love King's Cross, but they forget that like 10, 15 years ago, it was a wasteland. And then Argent, the redevelopers, came up with a plan to restore this wasteland, to redevelop this wasteland. And fast forward the clock, sort of like 10, 15 years, now it's this beautiful space. King's Cross has been transformed physically over the last 15 years. But our prayer when we began wasn't just for the physical transformation of King's Cross, We were praying for the spiritual transformation of King's Cross. We were praying for the social transformation of King's Cross. So rewind the clock, 2009. This is a few months before the story begins. We go on a prayer walk around King's Cross. Now, Argent, the redevelopers of the site, they basically marked out the perimeter to the redevelopment. So basically a wasteland with a fence around it. And on the entrance into the the wasteland, they put a big sign. And this is what the sign said. King's cross is being delivered. Now, they had something in mind when they wrote these words. God had something in mind as well, and I'll come to that in a moment. Um, But in their mind... This was during the global financial crisis of 2008, 2009. They'd taken on this multi-billion pound redevelopment and all of the UK in the eyes of Europe, because of the transport links of King's Cross, everyone was saying to Argent, you've bitten off more than you can chew. You've taken on a multi-billion pound redevelopment in a moment of financial uncertainty. You're going to humiliate yourself. You've bitten off more than you can chew. And this placard on the entrance into the site was their way of saying, no, we're going to deliver on our promises. But as we do a prayer walk around King's Cross and look up at this sign, it's as if God was speaking, saying, I'm going to bring deliverance to King's Cross. They have a physical transformation in mind, an economic transformation in mind, but but I'm going to bring spiritual transformation, social transformation. I'm going to establish my kingdom in this part of London. As we began to pray, just excitement began to stir within us. Think of the language of deliverance. 
Deliverance is the language we use when darkness is pushed back, when light breaks in and dispels the darkness. Like when the dawn from on high breaks upon us, we call that a moment of deliverance. Or, or when new life emerges, a baby is delivered. This morning someone said, born. I was like, yeah, I was going for deliverance. A baby is delivered, like new life breaks in. So when we began the journey 13 plus years ago, we were praying, Lord, would you push back the darkness? Would your light break in? Would new kingdom life emerge in this part of London? And we've been praying and knocking on the door of heaven over the last 13 years for that. We live in a wilderness moment right now. This is a moment where the church in the UK is on its knees. We've experienced COVID. We've journeyed through COVID recovery, a cost of living crisis. But this wilderness began long before COVID with all that was going on in politics and the polarisation of our politics and institutions beginning to be shaken, some beginning to crumble, high levels of anxiety, high levels of uncertainty, a secular grip in this nation, in this city that was suffocating the church. The church found itself on its knees and started praying for rain, right? The church does its best work in moments of desperation when the church is on its knees. Started praying for rain. So what happens when the rains begin to fall in the wilderness? And the answer is abundance breaks out in the wilderness. We're in a wilderness moment like this, but I want to suggest the rains are beginning to fall and we need to get ready. This is how I've tried to articulate the season that we're in. We're experiencing the shift from winter to spring, right? And there's a, a posture mindset, um, posture and a mindset that needs to shift as we make this transition. Some of us, in fact, maybe most of us have been in a surviving scarcity mindset, a surviving scarcity posture. It looks something like this, like bracing for in, you know, impact. Like COVID has been so hard. I'm just holding on and just trying to get through. And what if the spirit was saying to the church, you, you need to change your mindset and you need to change your posture. Open up your hands. Rains are falling. Get ready for the abundance that's going to break out in the wilderness. Maybe the shift that we're beginning to experience is from surviving scarcity to stewarding abundance. And the sign of this shift is the spring rains. The sense of God's presence um, as we gather, as we meet together. So we're going to do three things. We're going to look back with gratitude. We're going to look forward with faith. Um, and then finally, you're going to love this. We're going to act now with generosity. That's going to impact your wallets. Just a heads up of where we're going. Um, so firstly, look back with gratitude. I want to share some of the signs of life that we're experiencing as a community. And I share these to build faith, obviously, but more than anything, just to give glory to God. We're not going to share some of the stats and, and some of what's happening to pat ourselves on the back as if to say, aren't we doing an amazing job, right? This is the rain that's causing the fruitfulness that we're seeing. Like we're in a moment as a team of like wilderness. We're on our knees in desperation at times, but the rains are beginning to fall. Like behold, you know, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Can you perceive it? My hope is at the end of this message, you'll be like, you know what? I think I can see it. That there's a season shift at KXC. There is life wherever we look and all glory goes to God. So when we look at our Sunday gatherings, um, COVID devastated 
our, our gatherings. Like when we came back after COVID, um, we started with two congregations and then things began to grow and people started to have a bit more confidence in regathering together, continue to grow. So we started a third congregation. About a year ago, we started a fourth congregation. Now across four Sunday services, there's an average of 800 people each Sunday. Now that's 800 people in attendance, which means those that would say, I'm part of the KXC family, that would be well over a thousand now. Like we've never had a season of such acceleration of people coming to faith, coming back to faith, coming alive in their faith. There are signs of new life wherever you look. You can see the graph of, of the growth. The Lord is just adding to our number week by week. Something special is stirring. Now, I, I've regularly said that if you want to figure out the spiritual vibrancy of a church community, don't just go to the Sunday gatherings, go to the midweek prayer gatherings. That's where you'll figure out how seriously they take prayer and worship and the prophetic and intercession. And if you go to our midweek prayer gatherings, something beautiful is stirring, like It sounds like all-in spirituality. It sounds like undivided devotion to Jesus. A few years ago, we had a weekend away. This is maybe four or five years ago. Julian and Katia Adams spoke at the weekend away. And Julian prophesied over the church. He basically said, I believe God's going to do something amongst your worship team. And from this place, a new sound of worship will emerge. And the sound of this worship will be more culturally diverse than you've ever known before. Like there's going to be a a diversity in your sound that's going to emerge. And more than that, there's going to be a spiritual hunger to this sound. And, And the worship is going to be like a well. It's going to bring life to your church community and for those beyond your church community. That was prophesied maybe four or five years ago. And and as I look at our Sunday gatherings and seek first prayer gatherings, I'm like, do you know what? That's come to pass. There's been this beautiful journey, a more culturally diverse sound of worship, a spiritual hunger stirring in our family that is beautiful. So I want to play you a couple of tracks in just one moment. The first one is a track that we're going to release in a week's time. The second is a track that we're going to release in a month's time. These are songs written by our worship team that capture the sound of what the Spirit is doing in our church family right now. So cue the music.
Beautiful. So we want to honour those that are serving in this area. So if you're part of the worship team at KXE, if you're part of the Seek First team um, at KXE, if you serve on any Sunday rota, whether that's the welcome team, the cafe team, the sound team, the visuals team, the kids work team, the list goes on. If you serve on any of those teams, could you just stand right now? Worship team, Seek First, any Sunday team, stand right now. And can we honour those that are serving in our church family? Amazing. You can grab a seat. There's incredible life in our hub communities. Our hub communities are are small groups that meet in homes across the city. There are 39 hubs. 527 people have found home in one of these communities. Um, and there's, there's just a beautiful breadth of, of kind of community life that's emerging in these hubs. So if you're not in a hub right now, you're missing out. FOMO is a thing, right? So I'm going to use it spiritually right now. Find yourself in community. We've been gifted with community because we're not meant to walk this journey alone. So whether it's one of these hubs that you can sign up for or the Newcomers Hub, do sign up to one of the hub communities at KXE. Newcomers. Um, This is a picture of Kath at the Newcomers Meal. Over the last year, we've had 363 people come to one of our Newcomers Meals here at King's House. That's a lot of people. We've never had this kind of life just emerging um, in a moment like this. Now, not all of them have found home. Some of them listened to Kath and were like, no, this place isn't for me. Um, And that's obviously a joke because it's normally B&I casting some vision. So if they didn't come, it's probably us. But anyway, um, 363 people basically saying, yeah, I want to put down roots. Um, I, I want to join this family. Absolutely beautiful. We have 10 new apprentices. Um, there we go. Um, they've been on our team for the last year. They're on a leadership, uh, last, sorry, month. Um, they're on a leadership journey. It's felt like a year. Um, and they are bringing such life and energy to our team. There's so much to be grateful for. So if you lead one of the hub communities, if you're part of the newcomers team working with Kath, or if you're one of the apprentices and you're in the room, can you stand now? We want to honour those serving in this way. So stand now. Thank you so much for what you do. And with the level of life we're seeing, we're going to need plenty more hubs. If you fancy leading a hub community, do let us know. The kids' work. There's some beautiful things happening in the kids' work. This is my um, nephew, Indy. This is his first day of school. Um, And they said, can we pray for you? This is his brother, Phoenix, and mum, Becky. Um, And what I love about this photo, this reveals that this um, little boy, Indy, He's been experiencing encounters with Jesus that are becoming a norm for him. So when like mom and Phoenix say, can we pray for you? He just assumes the posture, like a true charismatic at a very young age. He's like, you want to, yeah, come Holy Spirit. Um, you may be thinking, where's, where's my brother, Steve, um, dad, in a, in a moment like this? Well, when the Spirit's moving, Someone has to get a camera, right? Do we all agree? At least someone has to capture that moment. And that was meant to be a gag. It didn't land as well in the room as I thought. Um, but Steve grabbed the camera. And, and if you talk to parents um, at the morning service about what the kids are um, encountering, they will say, our kids are learning to host the presence of Jesus. 
Like our kids, you can see them coming alive in this moment in faith. It's a really beautiful thing. So the kids team has grown to 40 volunteers that are are serving our kids' work. Little Haven, which is our baby and toddler group, um, has quadrupled in size over the last year. And the kids are growing in discipleship, hosting the presence of Jesus. The youth work is exploding into life. Um, if you rewind the clock about a year, we had like a handful of teenagers. And when teenagers rocked up at KXC, it was like, oh, panic, what do we do? But the youth work is exploding into life. Um, every week, Youth Hub, then they do these regular youth nights, a lot of fun where the youth are bringing their mates uh, to church. Um, the picture, the bottom right, is a Sunday morning with the youth group. They meet in a cafe just around the corner every Sunday morning. Um, they can't fit in the cafe, so they're trying to figure out what do they do next. There's such life emerging with our young people. This is a picture of last Sunday night. This was the student newcomer's meal. 120 students signed up for the meal. Um, The room, it was a buzz. Like the passion for Jesus, the excitement, the energy in the room was extraordinary. It was a heartbreaking moment for me personally as I realised there's a 25-year age gap between me and the room. That was hard for me to take. Um, But there's so much life. And this is a moment where we're welcoming new students to the city, to the church and saying, don't just come here and consume. Come here and bring leadership to this moment. Come and shape this church family. We welcome you with open arms. So if you serve in the kids team or youth team or with students, we want to honour you. Can you stand to your feet? Can we just give a round of applause for those working with our young people? And our students, come on. Amazing. Local mission. So much happening downstairs in King's House throughout the week, as well well as other community venues around King's Cross. Amazing partnerships with Choices Islington, with Growing Hope, offering free occupational therapy, physiotherapy, music therapy for children and young people with additional needs. The work in the prison and Pentonville Prison continues to thrive. The KX branch, working with the street population of King's Cross, it continues to thrive. Um, the refugee ministry that's fairly new for us at KXC, again, um, because of all that's happening right now in this cultural moment, there's, there's a huge amount going on in this area. And it's been a joy and a privilege to serve those that now find themselves in King's Cross in a moment of vulnerability. So that's the English classes, that's the Saturday morning cafe, it's the Tuesday evening refugee football. Beautiful things are stirring as we are serving those that are vulnerable here in King's Cross, here in central London. An amazing team of volunteers working in these different ministries. Alpha, um, 121 have done Alpha here at KXC over the last year. Lois has started taking um, teams on the street to pray for people on the street um, to share their faith. ARC, the co-working space that we run. ARC is part of our church family. Um, It's just moved home to All Saints Caledonian Road, like two minutes round the corner. But the ARC co-working community continues to grow from strength to strength. KXC Ventures, um, Nick Johnson with a team 
are, are trying to establish a culture of pioneering here at KXC. Um, so if you go to the website, you'll see stories of startups and projects that are emerging out of this family trying to tackle some of the social challenges of our time. These are beautiful things happening in this area. So if you're part of the local missions team, if you serve in any of the ministries or partnerships I've just mentioned, or over the last year, if you served the Alpha, or you work in the art co-working space, or you serve in one of the ventures, um, can you stand so that we can honour those in the room working in this area? So stand to your feet. Come on. Church planting. So we have a vision for church planting and we decided rather than just plant out churches and say farewell, all the best, what if we created a family with a vision that we could do more together than we could accomplish alone? So we created this family of churches called Table. And what started with KXC and one or two friends has started to grow. And now there's 14 churches that are part of this Table family of churches, which means churches that have been planted out from KXC are now planting churches. That's three generations And sociologists say that when something becomes fourth generation, that's the beginning of a a movement. Now, that sounds very grand because we have no idea what we're doing. and This is all organic and fairly chaotic. But a life is beginning to emerge through this family, through this network of relationships. And it's totally beautiful to see it happen. So these are some of the stories of what God's doing. My hope is that you can see like, yeah, it feels like there is a season shift. Like there is a movement from scarcity to trying to figure out how we steward this kind of abundance. So with the faith of looking back and celebrating the faithfulness of God, with faith, let's begin to look forward. And I want to name four priorities for this season that we find ourselves in. Priority number one is the priority of God's presence. It's the presence of Jesus that's led us to this point, And it's the presence of Jesus that will lead us forward, Right? Like Paul says, do not continue in the flesh what began in the spirit. The spirit started a new work at KXC. It's very tempting in churches when something like this happens, the spirit begins to generate new life. You're like, thanks God for what you started. We'll take it from here, don't worry. And you begin to take control and strategy begins to take over. This is a moment for us to recognise the spirit has led us to this point and the spirit will lead us forward. There's a, a beautiful moment. Exodus chapter 33 that speaks of this dynamic where Moses and God are in conversation and God essentially says to Moses, I'm leading you to the promised land, but you guys, you've become a stiff necked people. You've been worshipping the idols of the surrounding nations. You haven't been prioritising my presence. So I'm going to give you permission to go on towards the promised land, but my presence won't go with you. And this is a moment where Moses starts freaking out. And he says, if your presence doesn't go with us, what else will distinguish us from the rest of the people on the face of the earth? It's your presence. Your presence has to go with us. And what Moses is essentially saying in this moment, you've got to grab hold of this. He's basically saying, God, I would rather stay in this wilderness moment that sucks. This is a message translation, essentially. I'd rather stay in this wilderness moment that sucks and have your presence than be in the promised land without you. Like, I would rather be here 
right? And all these dreams and longings and ambitions that are in my heart, I'd, I'd rather be here and none of that comes to pass than be in the promised land. In other words, all the dreams become a reality and realize your presence is no longer with me. We, we as a church, we've got big dreams, big ambitions, like kingdom dreams, kingdom ambitions, but we'd rather be in the wilderness with the presence than have all those dreams come true and be without the presence, right? It's the presence that is our top priority. Um, earlier in that story, in the Exodus story, when God leads them out of, of Egypt, he basically says to, to Moses, I'm not giving you a map of how to get from Egypt to the promised land. Because if you had a map, I know what you'd do. You'd get your head down and you'd try and execute the plan and, and move forward through human endeavour. I don't want it to be like that. I'm giving you a cloud by day and a fire by night. These are my manifestations of my presence. Your one task, one task is to stay close to the presence and the presence will lead you to abundance. Right, that's a heads up spirituality. Like Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. That's a head up spirituality. Paul talks about keeping in step with the spirit. That isn't head down, execute the plan. It's head up. What are you doing? I want to track what the spirit's doing. Our highest priority is to host the presence of Jesus and follow where the presence leads. Second priority in this moment is to make room at the table to make room at the table. I mean a number of things by this. Firstly, making room at the table for those that historically have found it harder to belong in our church family. Something incredible began, a journey began maybe seven or so years ago when a couple came to B&I and our leadership team to basically say, we love KXC, but KXC is quite painful for us in terms of belonging. Um, these two individuals, people of colour, basically said, like, we love the family, but it feels quite challenging in this environment. And the radical diversity that we see the New Testament articulate and the radical diversity that we believe exists in the heart of the Father, we don't see that here at KXC. And we just want to lovingly name that we think there are blind spots and there are obstacles to this kind of radical diversity emerging in this family. And what followed was a season of praying for a, a wave of the Spirit to bring about this radical diversity that we were longing for. And as well as praying, a season of honestly repentance, having some tough conversations as to how B and I and others on our team had become obstacles in this journey and a learning journey that we needed to go on. And over the last seven years, and, and we're still at the beginning of this, we've still got a long way to go, but over the last seven years, we've seen something incredible happen, which is our church has become you know, way, way more culturally diverse than it was before. I believe that's a work of the Spirit. It's something we should celebrate so much further to go, but we've seen the Spirit move and continue to move in this area. But let's be really honest, whilst we've seen a movement towards racial diversity and whilst we're seeing a, a kind of shift in terms of cultural diversity, long way to go, what we haven't seen yet is radical diversity when it comes to socioeconomic diversity, right? And we just need to name that. The reason we started the 12 p.m. service, a one-hour service, is to create something far more accessible to people from different walks of life. But we need to be really honest. 
Like if we want to be the, the picture that you see in heaven, Revelation 7, 9, where every tribe, every tongue gathered around the lamb that was slain. In other words, around the person of Jesus, you know, there can be such radical unity centered around Jesus that that radical unity creates space for radical diversity. Like we want more of that. And in the area of socioeconomic diversity, there's a way to go. So we are praying towards it. We're trying to make shifts in how we operate. We need to create room at the table for those that have found it harder to belong in our church family. And we want to take that endeavor seriously. But we also need to actually just create more space. At the 10 a.m. service, I think there was eight empty chairs. There's probably 20 empty chairs in this congregation. Like on a really full Sunday, there can be barely any space, right? Like our deep longing is for people trying to find Jesus on a journey of exploring the person of Jesus. Like that they could come to Kexi and there's room for them. If we saw a wave of prodigals returning, a wave of people coming to faith, like in two weeks' time, let alone two months, let alone two years' time, there wouldn't be space. So we're having to figure out, like, how do we create room at the table? Like King's House, this is our home. We love King's House. I love King's House. But there's no room in the inn, to borrow that language from the Christmas story. There's no room at the inn. And we're trying to figure out, okay, Lord, could you lead us somewhere where there is more space? So next Sunday, we're going to try something different. Um, we're going to be hosting three services, not four. So rather than the 10, 12, 3, 5, it's going to be a 10.30, a 3, and a 5.30. And we're going to be doing this at the Shaw Theatre, which is a five-minute walk from here. My encouragement is um, be there next Sunday. Come to Shaw Theatre as we celebrate All In Part 2. And it's a moment of us just testing another venue. And we might have to test a few. And for those that really hate change, I know that's probably quite a lot in the room. I do too at times. Um, But can I just say, we're doing this because there are people, right, that want to become part of our family that we're right on the edge of having to say that there's no room. There's no more room. We are desperate for there to be space at the table for the lost, for those searching, for those looking for community. We have to create room at the table. Um, This is the reason we're also changing our plans for a weekend away. We normally head out of London um, and go to a hotel. And we're not going to do that this year because we can't find a hotel big enough to take however many hundred of us. So we're going to do a weekend in London, which will be far cheaper. So financially far more accessible. So put the date in the diary. It's going to be happening at Westminster Chapel, 22nd to the 24th of March next year. It's going to be a party, worship, teaching, ministry, um, lots of family time um, for the church. So do put the date in the diary. That's something to look forward to. Third priority, leaving for the 99. And Jesus told the story of of a shepherd who basically had 100 sheep, one went missing, and the shepherd left the 99 to go after the one. Okay, now the context of London, I just want to flip that parable on its head. The context of London is 1% go to their, um, a, a church, right? 1% in church, that's 99 outside. And if Jesus said he would leave the 99 for the one, how much more should we be leaving the 1% in church to go after the 99? Like this should be a top priority for us. Archbishop William Temple, he said the church is the only institution that exists for its non-members, right? We're here, right? And we exist in part to serve those that aren't here, 
because we are hungry that they would come to encounter the goodness and love of Jesus and give their lives to following him. Right? That's one of the reasons we're desperate to create more room at the table. Um, so we want a mindset of leaving for the 99. So as a staff team, we're trying to turn like so many of our structures inside out to position us for this moment where the spiritual openness on the streets of King's Cross in the culture around us, it's unbelievable. The spiritual hunger, the spiritual curiosity of this moment, we have to turn ourselves inside out. Fourth priority is releasing the next generation. In the London diocese, 360,000 young people from the age of 11 to 18 are in the diocese. How many come to church? Less than 2,000, which means 0.6% of that demographic go to church. Like that's a wilderness, that is a wilderness. But in the kingdom story, wildernesses, they're not full stop. There's just a comma. Like, watch this space. Because when the rain starts to fall in that wilderness, that wilderness can become a place of abundance. And I think we're beginning to see that at KXC. Our youth work just from nowhere is beginning to come to life. One of the churches, part of the table, family of churches, we were up there last week and they told the story of a monthly youth gathering they host as a church and they invite other churches in Nottingham along to. They were getting 20 or so to that youth gathering. A year or so later, on on a sort of like bigger one, they have 200 teenagers in the room. Like that's an explosion of life. It's a wilderness moment where the rains begin to fall, right? And life breaks out in the wilderness, a garden emerges. That's what we're praying for at KXC with our young people. So we want to invest financially. We want to knock on the door of heaven that the rains would fall on our young people. And we also want to see this as a succession moment where we say to the younger demographic, to Gen Z or Gen Z as everyone calls them now, um, Gen Z and Generation Alpha, like this is is your moment. You're not just the leaders of tomorrow, you're the leaders of today. And we want you to shape this spiritual family and help us become the family that we long to become. It's a moment to release the next generation. So we've looked back with gratitude. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Look forward with faith, these four priorities. And now we're inviting people to act with generosity. We want to raise over the next few weeks in response to All In Sunday, £250,000. If you see on this chart, the green line, the green dotted line, is the sort of growth in attendance. You can see we're steadily growing. Um, The brown line is the growth in terms of number of givers. Um, We're also growing. That's incredibly encouraging. But you'll see there is a difference in the gradient between our growth in attendance and our growth in giving. And we need to close that gap, right? For us to continue to steward the abundance that's emerging at KXE, we need to invite people towards the practice of giving. And and I say this, I I have zero shame zero awkwardness in inviting people towards the practice of giving. This doesn't create anxiety for me. My buttocks aren't tight in this moment as I get ready to ask people to to give their cash to, to what the Lord is doing right now. I see this as a privilege to invite you into a practice of giving because I'm not just asking for resource. I'm not just asking for finances. I'm really asking for your heart. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Like if, you, if you want to know what you've got a heart for, open up your bank account, see where you spend your money. That's what you've got a heart for. Your heart, this is the wisdom of Jesus, not my wisdom. Your heart will follow your money. 
So when we invite people towards a practice of giving towards the church, we're basically saying, yes, we want the resource, but more than that, we want your heart, right? Imagine a community of over a thousand people. Imagine everyone giving financially what they could to a moment like this. Some it will be a lot, some it will be a little. Some will tithe 10% of their giving, some more, some less. But just imagine a scenario, everyone gave what they could. That would release a significant amount of resource for kingdom ministry. But then imagine this, way more than the money, right? Imagine a thousand plus hearts behind this vision of serving God's purpose to make all things new by recklessly giving themselves away to God, each other, the people of King's Cross and beyond. A thousand plus hearts behind that kind of vision. That's unbelievably exciting. And that's what we're inviting people towards and all in spirituality. So in a moment, we're gonna close with a song of, of worship. But before we do that, we wanna create space for people just to prayerfully consider what could your response be to a vision talk like this, to a moment like this? Like for some that are already giving regularly, maybe it's an opportunity to review your giving. For some that are figuring out, like, do I set up, like, regular giving at KXC? It's a moment to, to ponder that and maybe to act. For those that have never given before to the local church, you're like, oh, I'm not really sure what to do. Try it. And you'll realise you won't die. You'll be absolutely fine. And then you might take some steps towards this practice of generosity. And this practice, fully, fully biblical, this practice can begin to bring transformation to your life. Now, just as a heads up, we don't want anyone to give from a place of obligation or pressure. So if anyone feels any sense of pressure, any sense of obligation, please, please do not give now, right? Take the forms away, have a pray, have a think, um, and then you can act when you feel more at peace because we do want to encourage a practice of generous giving. Hilarious giving is the language that Paul uses in the New Testament. So can I invite people to stand? The two ways of giving, one is just grab your smartphones out and kxc.org.uk forward slash give. You'll also find in the chairs this little form. You can grab this. Mine's got a plaster on the back, which is pretty grim. Um, But you can grab one of these and just begin to to fill it in. And then the baskets are going to come round. So those on the host team, if you want to get ready, baskets will come round. And my encouragement is, is just put this in the basket. Um, And I fully trust that what the Lord will do is is we bring our offering that might feel like, like a lunch in terms of the kingdom of God, like a packed lunch. The Lord will take that packed lunch, a bit of bread, a bit of fish, and he will multiply it and use it to serve thousands. He will multiply it to bring hope to thousands, to to draw prodigals home, freedom, all of that stuff. It starts with a packed lunch, but he will multiply it.